Hey, welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. Here's what we're exploring on this episode. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. We're learning all about the sea bus. Let's tap in to What's the Tea. The next station is... Welcome to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. The work we do at TransLink involves moving thousands and thousands of people across the region every single day and all throughout the day. And that's covering roads, rails, bridges, tunnels, and also the sea. Let me introduce you to the bus that floats, or as we call it, the sea bus. It connects the North Shore to the rest of the transportation network via Waterfront Station, which provides access to the buses, SkyTrain, and West Coast Express all in one stop. The sea bus is one of the most consistent and reliable modes of transportation in Metro Vancouver, and arguably one of the most picturesque experiences you'll find anywhere. With 12-minute turnarounds, the views are nearly impossible to beat, with spectacular sights of the North Shore Mountains, the city skyline of downtown Vancouver, or beautiful Stanley Park to choose from. I think one of the best feedback I ever got from a couple, they were visiting Canada from Norway, and they said, we've been here for 14 days, and this is the best $3 they have spent. (laughs) You know, that was amazing. This is Jack Gill, the director of Seabus at Coast Mountain Bus Company. To put it simply, he is Mr. Seabus. Let's pretend I am from out of town. I've never been to Vancouver before. How would you describe what the Seabus is to somebody like me? So Seabus, as I always say, is, is probably one of the best ferry systems in the world. It's incredible. The, the efficiency of this system, for the people who don't know, uh, the crossing is 12 minutes, and we serve the communities of North Vancouver and Vancouver. And uh, it's, uh, it's amazing that our capacity of our vessels is around 385 mm. people per, per vessel per sailing. And within three minutes, we can embark 400 people and disembark 400 people. Mm-hmm. So that is 800 people going up and down the vessel in three minutes. I, myself, you know, long-time marine career, I don't know any other ferry system where we can accomplish that. So it's an amazing system where we do more than 50,000 sailings every year. Yeah. And uh, it's just, just amazing how the system is whole built up. And it's just connecting, you know, North Shore and South Shore via water. To your point about it being quite like unique and one of a kind, I was going to ask, like, is there a different ferry system or company that replicates the kind of work that Seabus does every single day? I can't really think of one that immediately comes to mind in terms of how quick the turnaround trips can be. No, I, I think uh, in that matter, uh, just how the Seabus vessels are built, mm-hmm. they are unique. So we have one passenger deck and we have 12 doors. Like, you know, you can compare any ferry or BC ferries. They have like, you know, two decks Mm -hmm. and one passenger door. So we have like, 
you know, 12 doors and all, all can be opened at the same time and people can come in and go out. So that makes this, this whole operation so unique that we have that kind of uh, efficiency. It comes with its challenges, right? you know, when vessel is delayed in the harbor with the traffic and all that. So we have to do, you know, cover up and all that. So the system is so fast, so efficient that it creates its own challenges in making sure we deliver that service to our customers. Okay, well, on that note about delays, I work in the media relations uh, position uh, here at TransLink. So when there is a big delay, whether it's the SkyTrain or a bus or the Sea bus or the West Coast Express, our team gets notified so that we know like, hey, there seems to be an issue if there's something we need to know about, we can call and contact the right people, probably someone like yourself, and get information so that we can relay it to the public if necessary. But I'm telling you, Jag, since I started a TransLink back in November of 2022, I've barely seen CBUS delay reports come up. So maybe talk to us about like the performance rating of CBUS because it just seems to be so darn reliable. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about. <laughs> and and I, I will start off with the giving the credit where it is due is, is making sure our vessels are ready for service, right? So a lot of work goes behind the scene by our maintenance staff to make sure vessels are ready and, and you know, they foresee their plan maintenance and all that. And then to our officers, you know, there's so much of uh, ownership in, in what they do and making sure vessels depart on time, mm -hmm. vessel arrive on time. And then the last uh, aspect of, of, of all this is, of course, the, the system we have, you know, the terminal attendants, they work with officers on, on, on the vessel. And yeah, so we have, uh, to your point, yeah, we have 99.5%, 6% accuracy. And I think the sailings which we do miss, majority of them are unfortunate events due to a medical emergency mm -hmm. on board where we have to wait for paramedics. So th those are the situations where we do have delays. But other than that, uh, mechanical failures or crewing issues, they are non-existent or very minimal. Yeah, very far and few between seems to be what I'm picking up. Again, just in my short time here as a media relations advisor at TransLink, but that's the truth. Um, we do see delay reports coming in. Uh, of course, there's way more buses, traditional buses, than there are CBUS. So, of course, the chances and likelihood of delays does increase. But goes to your point, CBUS is reliable. That's it. That's the selling point. Yeah, no knock on wood, and uh, we would <laughs> hope to maintain that and we are working hard to do that. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned challenges. Um, when you look out in the map and right behind you, uh, there's a beautiful sort of overhead map that just kind of shows you uh, the entire sound, the, the, the Burrard Peninsula, if you will. Yeah. And so it looks like a simple enough job, right? You take the sea bus from either Lonsdale and then you bring it to Waterfront or it's vice versa. But it's really not that easy because maybe people don't realize how busy that crossing can be. We're talking like, especially during the summer, Jag, cruise ships, cargo ships, private personal yachts and boats of all different kinds of things. Oh, and did I mention there's harbor planes? There are literal planes <laughs> flying in and out of this place. Yeah. What is no, that challenge like? It's, it's busy. Yeah. It's a very, very busy harbor, probably the busiest in Canada. I know in the West Coast, Broad Inlet is, is the busiest uh, traffic as far as deep seas is concerned. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do have our challenges uh, for the people who don't know, like, you know, we, we are the only service, I think, which is going north-south. Mm. Uh, rest, all the traffic is going east-west, you know, inside the broad inlet and going out to the Straits of Georgia. And so we are crossing traffic all the time. And uh, it is, we have to maintain schedule, which is a pretty tight one. 
And then we have to, like you mentioned, there is, uh, you know, cruise ships and it's a very tight. We have a lot of neighbors, so we have to be mindful of the wake we generate with our vessels. So there are a lot of limiting factors. But uh, as I mentioned before, our officers, they do a great job mm. in making sure they plan. Uh, our terminal staff is supporting them, make sure the vessels they leave on time. So a lot goes on to make sure that system work the way it is working. Visually, I imagine, do you remember the game Frogger? Yeah. Like how you have to cross the busy highway? <laughs> like imagine a ver like an aquatic version. That's kind of what Seabus is dealing with, although it's not as hectic and it's not as chaotic, but it's that busy lanes of traffic, a lot of vessels going east to west, and Seabus has to stay steady going north and south. So tell us then a little bit about like the communication that is required, working with all these different teams and all these different, uh, I'm sure there's like, um, uh, a, like a Transportation Canada team that also you have to communicate with just to make sure like, hey, Seabus needs to go here. Are there any vessels approaching that we need to know about? Yeah, so a lot of communication. And uh, the, to begin with, all, all the vessels in Broad Inlet, where we sail, have to be on radio at all times on Channel 12. And that includes like even small boats, right? Uh, every vessel. Every vessel. Every vessel. Not the, not the pleasure crafts maybe, but any commercial vessel, mm. small or big, have to be standby on that. So that's where all the vessels in, in the harbor, they communicate with each other. And over the years, Seabus has, you know, as I mentioned before, a real goodwill with all our neighbors. So, you know, they understand Seabus operations, we understand their operations. So there is a lot of, you know, there is a lot of understanding goes in, in making sure that everything is smooth. Mm. Uh, the other aspect of communication is with the, both the terminals. So when the vessels, they are running a little bit late, for example, they give a heads up to the terminals, mm. right? So the terminals are aware to make sure to, you know, open the doors on time, make sure the vessels close on time, the doors, and the vessel is on its way on time. So yeah, a lot of collaboration, communication goes between the terminals in-house with the traffic and with all the vessels in, in the harbor. Sure, yeah, and uh, again, it's a lot of work, but it happens so quickly and happens every single day, every hour, in order to make sure that those uh, those crossings are, are, are being done, they're being delivered. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the customers, because the CBUS is a very unique method of transportation. Correct. And so every single day, Monday to Friday, you're gonna have the same groups of people, whether they're going to work or maybe going to school, that probably have built their schedules day to day to make sure like I'm on the same C bus at every day at the same time. Right. So to your point about customer um, satisfaction and performance ratings, that's what you're trying to deliver, trying to make sure that people can stick to the schedules that they have already rigorously built and are trying to live every single day. Right, and I think that's the key to the operation, and that's where our focus also is that uh, customer's safety and then customer experience. Mm -hmm. So those are two things we focus on. And how do we do that is making you know improvements in what customers want, and secondly, delivering that service on time. And we have to make sure that we provide that service. When the customer comes, they know CBUS is going to depart on time, CBUS is going to arrive on time, they're going to make their connections. So yeah, so we do that to make sure that customers, they you know arrive happy mm -hmm. and they leave happy. And you know, again, I was kind of doing a hypothetical scenario of what it would be like to be from out of town. Um, truthfully, I can't imagine a better view if you are departing Lonsdale and you're heading south to arrive at Waterfront Station. That view of downtown Vancouver is truly breathtaking. Like, 
obviously you don't serve as a captain anymore these days, but when you were working in the ships like that, Jag, did you hear comments from tourists and visitors being like, this is a truly amazing place. Like this is what you get to see every day. Yeah, lots of them, lots of them. And, and the you know, passengers, they, when they are on, on that vessel, uh, they are so happy. Kids, they love it. And, and I, I think one of the best, best feedback I ever got from, from a couple, they were visiting Canada from Norway, and they said, we've been here for 14 days, and this is the best $3 they have spent. <laughs> you know, that was amazing. And I, it, it's, it's been years since they said that. It's still, and I think that's, that's bang on. Mm -hmm. the, the service we provide, and if you look, you, you know, you're f coming to North Shore, you have a view of the mountains. Mm -hmm. You are, you know, going waterfront, you have a view of these, you know, beautiful buildings. You know, daylight, nighttime, you see those beautiful lights of city. Yeah. It, it's amazing. You know, in a few months, uh, we'll have a snow and the mountains all covered with snow it's amazing that's right and not to mention stanley park how could we forget like stanley park off yeah. on the other side yeah. like it's it's probably the best 15 minutes you will spend crossing broad inlet right. and, and we just absorbing everything right is there like a sense of familiarity you think like regular customers who um, over the years have gotten to know like some of your staff members and maybe like just get into the habit of like hey like how are you like I haven't noticed maybe you're away on vacation for a couple of weeks you know it's nice to see you again like do you think there's something like that here yeah I, I, I think the majority of our customer base are, are, are you know the people who live on the both sides of our terminals right the community of North Shore and on the waterfront side so that's what we do we are transit you know part of the transit company and, and you know we move people and uh, yes, uh, I, I think the more than uh, the office staff, the people on our front line, they, they know many of them by their names <laughs> and they say hello in the morning, how was your day? So yeah, so a lot goes on and that's part of our customer, uh, you know, providing customer service. Many of them, they know our staff and our staff know a lot of them who are right. regular. They've been coming here for years. Uh, let's stay with staff then and come full circle, if you will. If somebody's listening to this right now, Jack, and they're thinking, you know what, like that sounds like a great job. I want to be the captain of a sea bus one day. Mm -hmm. What are the steps you think they should follow in order to accomplish that kind of a dream? Right. So we have uh, for uh, on the operation side, we have two different streams. And uh, so back before 2014, we could not directly hire officers from outside mm. because Transport Canada wouldn't give us the sea time from our staff. But now, since 2014, what Transport Canada has done is our uh, deck hands, we call them marine attendants, when they are on their vessel, they get sea time. Mm. So they are able to get sea time and they are able to go to Transport Canada and get their certification. Many of our current officers, they were attendants and they worked their way through and they became officers and then they can become masters. And uh, the second uh, stream is that we, when the positions open up, if we have nobody in-house, we directly hire uh, officers from from outside. I see, yeah. right. So then I guess the next question is like, what what keeps you going? What what motivates you every single day to be like, you know what, I, I get to work at CBUS and that's the best feeling ever. Like what what is it about that? Uh, there's few things which come to my mind, and, and the number one is, is of course, the team we have. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I'm, I'm happy with, with the team we have in the office. I'm very happy with the frontline people who are so passionate about their job. Uh, the, our maintenance, the engineers, the work they do behind the scenes to make sure the vessels are ready to go service every day. The 
the officers who want to make sure that there is no incidents, the vessels leave on time, arrive on time. So I think everybody works like a family and that's what makes me happy to be part of that. To your point about maintenance and engineering, yeah. it's a thankless job because when they're doing a good job, nobody notices. And that's a sign of a good thing. That, that is, that is totally, I was going to say that uh, I, if, if the, you know, there's no news, that means they are doing a fantastic right. job, right? right. And uh, for people who don't know this, we do majority of the work in-house. Mm. All the maintenance is done in-house, uh, all the engine change, rad changes, you name it, all the planned maintenance schedule, except of course the work which is underwater when we have to go to dry dock. But other than that, all the work is done by our uh, marine engineers in-house. A lot of people have asked over the years, like, why doesn't the SkyTrain run 24 hours? And we actually answered that earlier in season one of What's the Tea, the Translate podcast. I'm wondering then, you probably know what's coming. Why doesn't the C-Bus run 24 hours? We would love to, but again, uh, similar to SkyTrain, uh, I think it, it comes down to the service window. Mm. So each vessel, when it goes out in the morning, when they come back, there is few steps which our engineers have to do to make it ready for the next day. So uh, right now, our system we have set up is the first vessel comes at 7 p.m. and our engineering staff, they service that vessel, which takes around two hours, which includes refueling, mm -hmm. cleanliness, and other things, right? And then the next vessel comes out at 9 p.m. and our staff services that vessel. And the last vessel, which comes out around 2 a.m. in the morning, they service that vessel. And by the time they are done, at 5 a.m. next day morning, they have to start the vessels uh, for getting ready for service. Our first departure is at 6 a.m. So it's a clockwork, and our window is very small. Right. And that's, uh, that's, that's the reason to answer your question. And so it's kind of like a race against time, just to make sure that the early morning customers, they know that they're going to have a full complement of sea buses ready to go to get them where they need to go. Yeah, and, and even though we start... The, our first sailing, I mentioned at 6, our captains, they come at 5.30. Vessels are ready for them at 5.30. Engineers have done their check. The masters go to their check. The rest of the crew arrives at 5.45. And then the attendants do their check. Our mates do their check. So just to make sure the vessel is ready to go in service at 6 a.m. And again, this is to your point, all the maintenance is done in-house. All the maintenance is done in-house, be it as da daily maintenance, your planned weekly maintenance. Uh, plan maintenance or any reactive maintenance. So it's all, everything is done in-house unless it is something under the water. On that note, I was wondering too, and I didn't get to ask this earlier, but you know, the Burrard Inlet, there's a lot of debris that kind of floats around too. It's not just smooth waters all the time. So what is the challenge like to try and navigate when you see obstacles? Because sometimes, and I heard this from a friend, but the reason why the harbor planes don't run at night is because the pilots can't see what's on the water. And so it's dangerous for them to attempt a landing, which is why they don't do evening flights. Is it the same thing for CBUS? Because visibility is probably a big concern there. Same, same thing for here. Uh, we, we do hit, you know, logs from time to time, deadheads we call them. Those are the more dangerous ones, the vertical logs in the water. And uh, yes, uh, fog is our one of the biggest mm. challenges and also nighttime. So, you know, our officers, they do try and avoid as much as they can, but there are times when, you know, we, we hit a log and uh, to an extent. Uh, one of the good, good things what we have is a little bit of, uh, you know, safety net, if, if you will. And what happens is each sea bus has four engines. Mm. And in case there's an incident and we have hit a log with one of the engines, our officers, they can shut that engine down and we can provide our service speed, which is around 12 knots, with three engines mm. in the meantime. 
and our engineering staff will board the vessel, they'll look at the problem, and they'll try and fix the vessel. Wow. And, and that's while the vessel continues to operate with three engines? That's correct. Last question, Jag. You mentioned you arrived at Seabus shortly before the Olympics. The Olympics Correct. were one of the best moments of my life. Like those two weeks were just amazing to me. I'll hold those memories forever. Correct. What was it like working at Seabus during the Olympics? It, it was amazing. It, to me, like I said, it's also, it, it, it's been 13 years now, 14 years, but it seems like- it I'm happened. feeling old when you say yeah. that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it happened yesterday and I was a new officer at the time and uh, the preparations which went through, it seemed like the whole world came to right. Vancouver, right? And that was the first time we received a new vessel. Mm -hmm. At that time, we had two original vessels from 77. So we just received the broad Pacific breeze uh, before Olympics. That was the first time we ran three vessels in service, moving people. Uh, our normal average boarding is around 15,000 to 20,000 a day. During Olympics, we moved 50,000 people a day. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it by, by any means, it was by far the, the best memories I have. Today. Right. Busy, stressful, but probably so rewarding because you get to see like the delight and the smiles of everyone. And probably you heard so many versions of O Canada. I'm sure that was happening oh, Yeah, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Happy people, a lot of waiting. We were running full, full load sailing, which is 400 passengers each right. sailing every 10 minutes you know, throughout the day. But people were happy singing, long lineups, but it was amazing experience. See, I wish we could have that energy all the time. Long lineups, <laughs> no problem. I'm gonna start singing Oh Canada. That's what I'm gonna do, right? Yeah. If only we lived in a world like that. No, but overall it's 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 good. It's it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's a great transportation system. We have We're proud to be part of TransLink and providing uh, service to passengers uh, through water. The life aquatic with Jag Gill is a fascinating one and has provided me with a newfound admiration for the sea bus and its crews. But when we come back, we'll get a chance to do something that very few people ever get to do. And that's climbing up into the wheelhouse of a sea bus where the vessel is driven. You're listening to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. Every five years or so, a large-scale travel survey known as the Regional Trip Diary is done in Metro Vancouver. These surveys provide snapshots of people's travel patterns that help improve the way we plan and move around the region. The next Trip Diary survey will take place this fall. By completing the survey, you can help us improve the way you move around Metro Vancouver. For more information, visit translink.ca slash tripdiary2023. Welcome back to What's the Tea, the TransLink podcast. After wrapping up our conversation with Jag Gill, producer Alan and I climbed inside of the Berard Beaver, one of the original Seabus vessels from 1977. We opened the crew hatch and made our way up to the wheelhouse where Captain Jesse welcomed us in. All right, Jesse, here we are inside. Um, what do you call it, like the cabin? Uh, we call this the wheelhouse. The wheelhouse. Wheelhouse, so this is pretty much, uh, everybody starts from here. When you get trained, you get uh, uh, introduced to this uh, mm. Uh, equipment and uh, this is where you learn your first landing and all and cross the harbor. Fair enough. I was asking like what's the fav what's your favorite thing about working this job and being able to sit here in the wheelhouse of a sea bus like that? Well I started my career uh, working on um, working on deep sea uh, that crosses the uh, Pacific, the uh, Indian Ocean Atlantic. Mm. So you're away from home. When you started to have family, when you started to uh, have you know substantial amount of uh, sea time uh, under your belt, mm. it just uh, you feel you feel tired. You know you miss your family a lot, yeah. right? And you wanted to start family as well. So here I could go home, you know, enjoy the uh, the profession that I uh, pick, I choose, right? 
and then at the same time go and see my uh, see my family, my friends, and sleep in your own bed. Sleep in your own bed, the comfort of your home, right? Yeah. And the second best thing is uh, the people that I work with. Mm. Like we're on, uh, we're all. Uh, have the same uh, same common goal uh, it, it's just fun and uh, it's like family here mm -hmm. like someone someone uh, had a birthday or have a birthday we buy cake for them and you know something like that right it's your family away from family so, yeah that's right. right so this is your second home pretty much and have you seen the movie fury i have and then they say like the uh, tank the yeah. tank movie, yeah. Say, uh, best job ever. Yeah. yeah. So every night, like after our shift, that's pretty much what we say, best job ever. Best job ever. You had a dollar thirty-five a day, right? <laughs> best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Because uh, there's the, uh, you know, some hardship that's uh, involved in this uh, in this job. Right. At the end of the day, you know, you work as a team, and it's it's fun. And, and I gotta explain, just because the people listening probably won't know, this entire time, basically, you've been. You've been driving the C bus, and now we're just we're parking in Lonsdale right now. Yeah, that's right in North Terminal. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then since I don't need to back up, so I'm just gonna spin my chair. Yeah, okay. So once uh, they give me that uh, that go ahead uh, clear, and I'm just gonna stand up. Some people just sit and then turn, but sure. I can't. I'm I'm a huge guy. So Fair, yeah. There you go. There, and then that's it. I think he can spin. Nice I, and I easy. Spin. Yeah. So then I'm gonna uh, uh, then I'm gonna do my 360 again. So green, green. Doors are closed. This is the horn. So I just give them one. Uh, it's collision regulation. So I have to do this. One uh, long blast. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's to let everyone around know that a C bus is coming. Yeah, or because uh, there, there's a blind sign for us. Oh, I so see. So basically, it's like a bend. One zero five. One hundred and five. And that was the passenger count, just. That's the passenger uh, count. Yeah. Okay. So no tournament just give us the uh, passenger count. Right? <laughs> okay. Simply put, with a service performance of over 99%, the C bus is steady. Rain or shine, day or night, winter weather or summer skies, the C bus continues to serve an important role in connecting our customers across the broad inlet each and every day. Its consistency is a source of great pride for its crew and a reliable means of transportation for you, the customer. So the next time you get to hop on board the C-Bus, you'll know you're in good hands en route to your destination. My thanks to Jag Gill, Captain Jesse, and the entire C-Bus crew for their help in putting this episode together. My thanks to producer Alan for sailing the sea with me, and you for listening and subscribing. My name is John Jang, and until next time, have a safe trip. We've become all too familiar with problems. It's time we're introduced to some solutions. The transit-friendly employer certification exists to support and promote transit use, one of the easiest, most effective actions we can take to address climate action and livability. Organizations that provide a 50% transit subsidy will receive this certification. The time to act is now. Become a transit-friendly employer today.